verses that we know in the Bible. Acts chapter 20. Matter of fact, if I started the phrase, I know that you would finish it and you would be able to do that. Hey, just before we get started, just a few things. First of all, I have some relatives with me today. Now, we're all relatives in the family of God. If you're a brother and sister in Christ, can you say amen? Amen. But I have a couple cousins with me, and I've always kind of called them Uncle Carl and Aunt Jackie, but they really are my cousins, and I praise the Lord for them. Carl and Jackie are down here, and uh, it was their mother that really was instrumental in my Catholic mother getting saved in Bluefield Hills, Michigan, on a Baptist church on Telegraph Road. And it was really Dorothy, Aunt Dorothy, that really led my mother to the Lord, and through that I got saved. So I love my uh, my cousin Carl and Jackie. Uh, they lived out at Commerce Lake, and they came up today uh, to hear me preach. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but I think he came for the song. Wasn't that great? Man, that was good. That was just super. Okay, so I want to tell you all this. I've been thinking about a lot of things to say thank you and and what you did. at the. It's just amazing. Amazing. 30 years um, of the Harvest Fest. I thought about something, though. There is no hay field in the state of Michigan. No, no, no. There is no hay field in the United States of America. And I would dare say there is no hay field in the world that's been used greater for the cause of Christ than that hay field out there. You know, and then I got to tell you something. I was thinking about this. You know, Lord, I was born and raised in Michigan, graduated from a little town called Leland High School up by Traverse City. And I was going to tell you something. I'm not academic. I'm not good looking. I'm not athletic. I have no musical abilities at all. Basically. I'm just an old hayfield, but I will tell you, I am thankful that God uses hayfields. And you know, you think about it. It isn't the hayfield that's ever done anything for Christ. It's the people that went into the hayfield and built it for the use of God. And I was thinking about that in my life. Matter of fact, I looked back down at Carl and Jackie. They've impacted their part of what's happened with this hayfield. And I just think about all of the hundreds of people that have invested in this hayfield. And I look at all the people that have invested in that hayfield for the cause of Christ. And I just want to thank you, Trinity Baptist. You know, I I noticed something. I I hate to pry on this, but um, in the bulletin, no, I'm not going to go with the teen girl thing, okay? I thought like, whoa, Pastor, but I guess, you know, maybe this is the one Sunday morning of the year that you have to say the teen girl activity is for teen girls, okay? Because most of you are like, I don't know what's going on right now, so that's good. But I noticed something. So you got to ask me, Pastor, when was the bulletin printed? When was the bulletin printed? Friday. Yeah, I knew that. So she was going to say, or, or sometime during the week. I want everyone to look at the picture. Because in a way, I want to share something with you that I want to challenge you with. But in another way, I want to praise God with. Look at the picture. And it says, everyone together, what's the first three words? Oh, that was terrible. Everyone together, what's the first three words? Okay, and that we do. Then look at this. Help me out. For everyone together, what's the next word? Okay, for another great year of harvest. When was the bulletin printed? It was it was printed. You, you just said Friday, I think. Okay, it wasn't printed yesterday, correct? Well, that was pretty presumptuous. Okay, two things from that. One... If that's printed in faith, that's the coolest thing in the world. We believe, we know what God's going to do. But be careful, Trinity Baptist, that you just don't assume that it's going to happen out there. 
And I did think that was a little interesting today. Because when I looked at that, I said, oh, look at that. For another great year. Yeah, they didn't know it when they printed it. They believed it. And that's in Trinity Baptist, you've got to keep living by faith. But don't ever get to a point that just because you put some great games out there, it's all going to just happen. Because without God, there ain't nothing happening at that hayfield. Now, I tell you something. I go around. I travel a lot. I speak out. I do a lot of camps. I'm going to tell you something. I truly believe something happened at that hayfield yesterday. And I believe God really worked. You know, I'll tell you one thing really hurts my heart. You know, I never thought in my life when I started preaching 43 years ago that I would have to stand up in front of a group of teenagers and tell them that there's only two genders and be committed to the male or female that God created you. But can I tell you something? Last Yesterday afternoon under that tent, I believe every teenager got down on their knees, thanked God for their gender, and committed to the man or the woman that God wants them to be. And I, and I got to tell you, that was very, very special. We talked about being all in for the Lord uh, in the first ser- service. And God touched the salvation message just in a very special way. You just knew. I, I've been to uh, Harvest Fest three times. I've never seen the reception to the word that I, I sensed yesterday in the underneath the tent. The young people were really connected well. So thank you for all that you do. And what, whether you're doing, uh, you know, you're trying to run the dodgeball thing. Or, now, there is some of you that got cooler things to do out there than other people, okay? There is no doubt about that. There is some kind of pecking order on what you get to do, all right? But, uh, but I want to thank all of you. And there is probably a greater reward for some of those activities out there at the judgment seat than other of those activities at the, at the judgment seat. Okay, Acts chapter 20. I know it's, uh, by the way, there's only one service today, so pastor said I can go ahead and preach two hours, and, uh, <laughs> and then he said, you go ahead, brother, so you preach two hours, we're leaving after 45 minutes, but you do whatever you want, um, you can do whatever you want. Okay, Gen- or Genesis, Acts chapter 20, this is a very familiar passage, and um, um, it, you all could, could say it, but I've got to tell you what. I think it'd be good for all of us. If you're able, would you stand to your feet? I want to read the one verse, have a word of prayer. And I've entitled this message, The Blessing of Giving. The Blessing of Giving. Uh, It was, uh, I think it was Thursday. Yeah, I think it was Thursday, Pastor. And by the way, I love you, Pastor. You guys have been blessed with a really good under-shepherd. A shepherd that loves his flock. I want to tell you something else. There is a great staff here. And I mean that with all my heart. Just to be with Brother Scott yesterday and to be with Brother Kevin, I'm, I'm telling you something. I didn't get to meet Brother Dan that much. I think he was running around, obviously a big teen activity. But I'll tell you what, just being around Kevin and just being around Brother Scott and you're under shepherd, Trinity Baptist, you have been blessed greatly. And I really, and I really mean that uh, from the bottom of my heart. I do not say that. Um, okay, Acts chapter uh, 20, verse 35. You are probably very familiar to the, with the verse. Matter of fact, when we get to the part that we're all familiar with, let's just say it out loud together. But Acts chapter 20, verse 35. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, everyone together, it is now, I understand that this is the end of your mission's emphasis, and I want to talk to you about giving, and I want to talk to you about the blessing of giving. And I was just really excited after Pastor said that. I said, okay, I'm going to obviously preach on that today about giving, but I don't know what I'm going to talk about. But I want to talk to you about the blessing of stewardship in giving, the blessing of worship in giving, and the blessing of partnership. In giving, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I ask today that all of our hearts would be touched about giving, and the reason why our hearts should be touched about giving is because of what you've given to us. For you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten Son, and Father, you gave everything for us 
may we may we become partners in the joy of giving to others. Lord, I pray this will be the greatest year of giving prayers, of giving forgiveness, of giving thanksgiving, and giving finances to missions that this church has ever given. And Lord, because I want you to bless this church. So Lord, may they see today the blessings of learning how to give. And Lord, I count it a great honor to be here. I'm not one of their missionaries, but Lord, I believe this is for them and for them to see the blessing it is to be able to give. We pray all these things. Thank you for yesterday, Father. That is a, That was you yesterday in that hay field. That wasn't man. Man did their part, but you did the work. And for that, we are so thankful. Thank you, Lord. May every person be encouraged upon their part of what they did yesterday on an old hay field. And Lord, may we just be hay fields that you use for Christ in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. God's people said, you may be seated. So I've done something for the last several years that I've been at West Coast. I speak at a lot of camps. Uh, usually every summer I'll speak at uh, five, six, seven camps at least during the summer. And uh, I do something with all the students that are from West Coast Baptist College. And uh, I'll go to some camps. Maybe there's two, three on, on the counselor. Sometimes I go to some camps and, and we have as many as eight, ten. Uh, uh, Kobiak always has a lot of our students at West Coast. And I always get them together at the end of the week. And I thank them for giving their summer because, hey, they're trying to go through college and they're not going to make the big bucks working as a counselor. So I'm, you know, I'm real thankful for them. And I, and I give them, and, and I've been doing this for years, I give them two $5 bills. At, at the end of the week, I, I, I get them all together. I ask the camp director, hey, can I just meet with my students that are on your op staff or, or your counselors? And they go, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And uh, so, I don't know, there'll be maybe four, five, six, seven, eight uh, of our students. And, and I give them each a, a, a two $5 bills. And then I say this to them. I say, hey, I want you to do something this weekend or this week. I want you to take one of those $5 bills that I just gave you. And I want you to do something for yourself. Get a drink at Starbucks. If you still can do that for $5, I don't know. But get a drink. Just do something for you. I don't care. Do your laundry with it. I don't care. But just do something for you, something you want. You want to get a little treat? You want to get a little ice cream? Whatever it is, do something for you for the $5. And I look at every one of them, and I said, what did I just say? Do something for me with the $5. I said, yeah. And then I'll tell you what I want you to do with the other $5. The other $5 I want you to spend on somebody else. I want you to do something for somebody else. And I don't care what it is. You can get them the same drink that you just got. I don't care what you do. You can pay for someone else's laundry. I don't care who it is, but let God put somebody on your heart. It's not going to be much, only $5. But I want you to do something for somebody else. Now, listen to me, students, because I know my students at West Coast. You cannot take $10 and spend it on somebody else. You have to spend $5 on who? That's right. And then you got to spend the other $5 on who? Somebody else. That's right. Y'all got it? Yeah. Then I tell you what. After you do both of those things, ask yourself this question. What did you enjoy more? What did you enjoy more? I really like that drink. That's like my favorite drink. That was really special. Yeah. You know, I really liked they didn't have any money, and I kind of gave that $5. It was an answer to prayer for them, and I was able to do And I say this to those young people. I say, you, you, you do what I just said, and when you get done, you ask yourself this question. What did you enjoy doing more, spending the $5 on yourself or spending the $5 to somebody else? And whatever the answer is, do that for the rest of your life. And they kind of look at me like, I know. If you enjoyed spending $5 on you, more than $5 on somebody else, spend the rest of your life making money and spending it on you. 
But if you enjoyed spending that money and investing it in someone else's life, do that the rest of your life. Because you'll enjoy that more than anything else. And you know the answer, don't you? Because the answer is the Bible. It is more, everyone together, it is more blessed to than to, yeah, man. Folks, we sit in our seats right now and we know that truth. But we don't live it, do we, sometimes? We just think it is more blessed to receive. And the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why is that? Why is it more blessed to give than to receive? Well, I have three reasons. And here they go. Number one, the blessing of stewardship. Now, whenever you hear about stewardship, you go like, oh, boy, here's our command. Now we got to do this. No, no, you do not understand stewardship. Everyone, take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 20, uh, 25. Everyone, take your Bible, turn to Matthew 25. If somebody's got a Bible and they're not turning to Matthew 25, help them right now. Because you need to see the blessing of stewardship. So it says here in Matthew 25, verse 14, the Bible says, For the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 25 and 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents, now you're going to help me out here in a minute, so make sure you're with me. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same. And made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gathered an other two. He that received one went and digged it in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. So he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hey, hey, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into everyone together. Finish the verse. The joy of the. That was terrible, Trinity Baptist. Everyone together. Finish the verse. The joy of the Lord. Hey, this stewardship. Oh, it's stewardship month at Trinity. Oh, I know what that means. I know it's steward. Oh boy, stewardship, steward. Guys, stewarding what God has given to us is an absolute blessing. And the better you learn how to steward, the more blessing that you get. Oh no, stewardship is not a drudgery. Stewardship is part of it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because if you steward right, you'll always have something to give. So let me tell you what happened. I pastored for... uh, uh, a lot of years in Pensacola. I think it's about 18 years as a senior pastor of the campus church. And then we moved up to California. And for six and a half years, I pastored First Baptist Church of Santa Maria. And we had a large Christian school and, and, and God was doing a lot of work. But I got to tell you something, just to be honest, the congregation was stingy. I mean, they really were. Now, all the buildings were paid for. The property was drop-dead gorgeous. 14 or 26 acres of the most beautiful piece of property in you can find. I really mean it. It was just a gorgeous piece. All the facilities were really real nice, and they were all paid for. So I think people thought they didn't have to give no more. They did pretty good with missions, but just overall general stewarding of their ties, they really weren't that good. I love them, but they just was an area. So I thought, you know, I think I need to teach them a little bit about stewardship. Well, little did I realize what I was going to learn. So there was a young lady 
She was on scholarship. She was going to Cal Poly. Uh, she was on the golf team at Cal Poly uh, out there studying business administration. And she started coming to our church, single girl. I think she's about 20, 21. And uh, her name was Jessica, Jessica Huss. And um, I thought, I didn't do this guy. I didn't tell anyone. I told my wife. I didn't tell the staff. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell Jessica. I did not tell Jessica. I did not prep her. I knew she'd be there Sunday morning, and I was going to teach on stewardship. So I came to this point, and I was explaining the stewardship principle and all of that. And I said, Jessica, Jessica Huss, would you come on up here right now? I mean, just like if I were to call you right now. I mean, she had no prep whatsoever. And Jessica's coming up like, what did I do? What in the world, you know? And she comes up, lovely girl, just a really sharp girl. And uh, I said, Jessica, come on up here. So I, I got Jessica, and I said, Jessica, I got an envelope for you. I gave Jessica an envelope. And I said, Jessica, open up the envelope. And so she opened it up, and there was a little letter. A little, Actually, it was a card. It was like a five-by-seven card in there. And I said, Jessica, would you read what was on the card? So today, I have what I wrote to Jessica. Oh, by the way, besides the card... There was a $50 bill in the envelope, okay? So I put $50 in it. I put this card. Here's what the card said. I gave Jessica $50 in an envelope with specific instructions. Spend $15 taking someone out to lunch. Give $5 as an anonymous gift to somebody else. Spend $10 on one of your parents. Get a $5 gift for your pastor. thought I should get the tithe on this thing, okay? Get a $5 gift for your pastor. Buy a $5 item for yourself. By the way, this was in 2010, guys, so the money was a little bit better then. Buy $5 item for yourself, and then invest $10 in something that will increase or make money. I said, Jessica, you're a business administration major at Cal Poly. Will you do this? Well, she can say no in front of everybody. And I said, next week, you're going to give us a report of your stewardship of the $50 I've given you and the instructions I gave you. Not only is Jessica's life going to be changed, Not only is my life going to be changed, First Baptist Church of Santa Maria never gave again the same way next Sunday. The following Sunday, Jessica came. And uh, we got into the the message. We were doing, I think, a three, four-part series on stewardship. Jessica came forward. And Jessica came up, and she was just beaming. And she's got the envelope. And I'll be honest with you, the envelope is thick. I mean, it's really thick. And she comes up, and uh, I notice, the, I'm looking at the envelope, and I'm going like, that envelope is full of something. And uh, so she comes up, and I said, Jessica, here's a mic. Tell us what you did. Guys, again, I did not know ahead of time. I just I just thought, this is going to work. I just, I'm really interested to see how she stewarded $50. You guys got to hear this. She took her mother out to lunch. For $20. That means she was able to combine the two, the parent thing, with the taking someone out for lunch. She still had $5 left over to put towards the investment. She bought a $5 gift card and sent it anonymously to her brother at Bob Jones University. She told me, she said, my brother would know that it's not for me. I would never give my brother $5 gift cards. I thought that was kind of cute. She also took the postage for the card that she sent to BJ out of the money that she still had left over from the lunch and the mother combined thing. She purchased a dress for $5 from a yard sale, and she was wearing it that morning. And guys, it really looked nice. I mean, it was a sharp-looking dress. She did say she she heckled or hackled, whatever. She bartered with, with the person at the yard sale for the dress. I think it started at $10 or $15, and she got it down to 5 She said, all I got is $5. And she got it down, which is great stewardship, is it not? Is it great stewardship? So she's wearing the dress she got for $5. It gets better. 
She took the $5 gift for pastor and the leftover lunch money and the money left over from mom and the $10 investment money and bought ingredients to make chocolate chip cookies. She sold large cookies for a dollar a piece on the campus of Cal Poly. She sold out in 15 minutes. She went back with the money she had just gotten and she made one more batch and sold out again within an hour. In her envelope was $120 cash. She was supposed to get me a $5 gift. In her envelope was $120 in cash that she handed to me. She's got tears in her eyes. And I'm going, oh, Jessica, that is like the coolest. I give you $50. You did everything and you giving me $120 back. I looked at her and said, what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then she said this, and this is my point. I said, Jessica, what was your motivation to do all this? And she said, to stand in front of the congregation and to be able to give you, I didn't know how much I would make, but to be able to give you, Pastor, I love you, Pastor. You've invested in my life. And for me to be able to give back to you what you've invested in my life. And I went, and then I start crying. And there's people in the congregation crying. And I'm going, oh, man, there is a blessing in stewardship. Because one day you're going to stand before your father, your savior, your Lord. And there is a blessing in handling and stewarding what God has given to you. Hey, before you make that little check to missions, think about how God, how you could steward your life. Matter of fact, I put down a, a little something here. Learn how to prioritize, learn how to organize, and then you will learn how to exercise the stewardship that God has given you. It all starts with your priorities. Learn how to prioritize, learn how to organize, and then you will exercise. By the way, is this not in other areas as well? Hey, we're coming up to a holiday in November. It's called what? Thanksgiving. We should learn how to steward our thanks to God. For all that God has given to us, we give thanksgiving to God. And we should learn how to steward our thanks and praise to God. By the way, sometimes we praise other people. We don't praise God. We don't thank God as much as we thank other people. We need to steward our thanksgiving. Hey. How about this? Somebody does you wrong and you need to give them what? What's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another word that's going to end with giving. Forgiveness. Forgiving. Hey, you know what? That's something the church needs to learn how to steward too. You know what? You know what our stewardship on forgiveness is? Based on what God's forgiven me of. And because God has forgiven me of so much, I need to be a good steward of forgiving other people of what they've done as well. Hey, anything that God has given to us, we need to be stewards of that. We need to be steward of his blessing with thanksgiving. We need to be steward of all the forgiveness that he's given to us. We need to steward that as well. I'm telling you, it is better. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Number one, because of stewardship. Number two, the blessing of worship. The blessing of worship. Now, when pastor said what today was, I have a passage that I absolutely love on giving. Would you take your Bibles and turn to 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 11. 1 Chronicles chapter 11. This, what a story. This this story tells you so much. Um, and as you're turning, by the way, as you're turning to First Chronicles, I want you to get over to chapter 11. But as you're turning, let me read to you a, a passage you're probably pretty familiar with in, uh, in Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 
9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Man, the principle of first fruits. You give the Lord the first of your income. You give the Lord the first of your day and you have devotions in the morning. Uh, you young people, you give the Lord the first of your life. If you're a teenager, if you're going into college, give God at least. Hey, by the way, the Mormons give two years to go to Brigham Young. You got to go two years as an old missionary, all pedaling on a bike. We Christians don't even give the first fruits of our life to the Lord, Jesus Christ. Mormons understand first fruits better than most Christians do. You know, I, I struggle with college students that won't even give one year or, or uh, young people coming out of high school that won't give one year to Bible college. Man, give the Lord the first fruits of your life. You just graduated from high school. Give him that first year and say, you know what? I'm going to go to Bible college. He says, is this an advertisement for West Coast? Sure, that's fine. If you want to call it that, I'm telling you this. It's called the advertisement for first fruits. And a lot of young people, well, I'm going to University of Michigan. I'm going to do my community college thing. I'm going to do this. No. You give your first year to the Lord. You graduate from high school. You say it's a principle of first fruits. You give the first. You give the first fruits of your, of your income to the Lord and your substance in whatever you have. You give it to God. Why? Because it's worship. You honor the Lord with the substance at, with, with thy substance and with the first fruits. I'll tell you what will happen if you learn the principle of first fruits. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Why wouldn't God bless somebody that's practicing the first fruits principle of honoring the Lord in worship? Okay, but here it is, First Chronicles twenty, uh, or uh, First Chronicles chapter eleven. Uh, David, this this whole chapter is about David's mighty men, and he talks about all these different guys. But there is this one story about three of his mighty men that oh, I just love it. Look down to verse 15, 1 Chronicles chapter 11. Look at what it says. Now three of the 30 captains went down to the rock to David. This is where David's sitting in the cave of Adullam. Into the cave, oh, there it is, in the cave of Adullam. And the host of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephraim. You know where, the, where they were? The Philistines have sieged Bethlehem. This is Bethlehem. He's in a cave in Adullam looking out into a valley where Bethlehem is, and he's looking down at his hometown, and the Philistines have it. First of all, he's in the cave because he's running from Saul. Number two, while he's running from Saul, the Philistines overtake Bethlehem. And he's sitting in the cave. Look at verse 16. And David was then in the hold, and the Philistines' garrison was then at Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem that is at the gate. And the three break through with the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. But David would not drink of it, but poured it out to the Lord and said, My God, forbid it me that I should do this thing. Shall I drink the blood of these men that have put their lives in jeopardy? Hey, I want to tell you one of the greatest blessings about giving is worship to God. God, I want to give you. There's three elements in what these guys did. So here's what's happening. David comes out. He's not thinking who's around him. He comes out one morning, probably, and he looks down at Bethlehem, and he sees the Philistine garrison down there. And he's just he's talking to himself, guys. He's just talking to himself. Oh, I long for the water from the well of Bethlehem. I remember those days when I was just a shepherd. And I would go out every morning. I'd fill my, my, my canteen with water from that well that the Philistines are at. He's kind of talking to himself. But these three men are close enough to their captain. By the way, you're never going to know the needs of missionaries if you're not close to the Lord. You know, I'll tell you, you get close to God, you'll know what to give. You'll know what the Lord wants if you get close. These guys are close enough to hear David talking to himself. 
Oh, how I long for the water of Bethlehem. Would to God that somebody would give me a drink. He's not telling. He's not commanding his soldiers to do this. He's just talking. And they said, hey, let's get him the water. Let's go get him the water. Yeah, let's do it, man. If that's what David wants, that's what we want to give him. There's three things that are involved with them doing it. Number one, this is going to be a sacrifice. This is going to be a sacrifice. Number two, this is going to be a step of faith. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's three of us, and there's a garrison of Philistines. How many is that? 50 to 100? There's three of us. This is going to be a step of faith. This is going to be a sacrifice. But that's okay, because we love our captain. We love our captain. I will tell you, you want to really be blessed by giving? Give something sacrificial. Give it by faith, and give it because you love God. Well, I just really love these missionaries. Okay, that's cool. That's as cool as it gets. But I'm telling you, that is not the reason why you give. You do not give because you love missions. You give because you love God. And you trust God. And it is an act of worship to give to God. And they said, let's do this. So they go down and they start running. And they're going into that. They're going to hang and take outside. You take that outside. I'll go in with the I'll go in with the container and I'll get the water. And they're doing, and David's watching all this. No! What are you doing? Guys, you're going to get killed. Guys, I wasn't meaning it. I can, I can get the water later. Guys, don't do this. No, we got to do that. And they bring that water back. What a sacrifice. What a step of faith. What love. And what does David do with the water? Folks, what does David do with the water? You think those guys are like, hey, we're not going back, man. You think we're going back down there? What was he doing? I can't drink this water. I can't drink this water. Oh, God. They did this for me. Let me tell you something. That's the way you give. And there is a blessing in giving out of worship to God. Your God is worthy for you to give him whatever amount that you will give him. He's worthy of that. Let it be a sacrifice. Let it be a step of faith. Let it be love. God, I love you. This is why I'm giving. I love these missionaries. Man, we want to help these missionaries. Boy, we want to help the, the missionaries. Yeah, I guess all these flags represent where you have missionaries. I don't know. Yeah, that's great. But can I tell you this? By the way, I got another point for that. But I will tell you, at the bottom line, when it's all said and done, it's more blessed to give than to receive because of who you're giving it to. And you're giving it to God as an act of worship. So your gift for this year in missions, let it be good stewardship. Man, you'll be blessed. Let it be worship. You're going to be, you're going to learn. It's better. It's more blessed to give than to receive. But there's one other one. And I, and I struggled when I first was putting this outline together <laughs> at three o'clock this morning at, uh, in the gym, uh, playing the Awana games by myself. Uh, I, I did that. Uh, I put down the word fellowship, but I said, no, I don't think that's the word I want. There is a blessing of stewardship. There is a blessing of worship. And I could have got by by the blessing of fellowship because you fellowship with others when you give. But I think a better word is partnership. There is a blessing of partnership that you get. You know, um, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 21, 21 in the Sermon on the Mount, for where your treasure is, there will your what? Everyone knows it. Your heart be also. So when you invest in the missions, when you invest in the missionary, you're giving your treasure. And where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Over the years, I've come across, and I really do mean this, I do respect them. And, they have, and I know their, their desire is so good. And they really want to trust God. But over the years, I've come across some missionaries that have said very specifically, I am trying to raise enough money through my own investments that I will never have to go on deputation and that I will never have to ask churches for money. I don't think that's a good idea. I think it is extremely important for a missionary to go on deputation. I think it is extremely, I know where you're headed with this, Brother Shetler, is the prayer support. Well, now wait, 
Oh, you're not going to get a guy that that thinks less of, or thinks more of prayer than me. Okay, no, no, no. I understand the prayer thing, but I will tell you what will develop the prayer is if you put your treasure in it. Because where your treasure is, your heart will be too. I'll tell you something right now. You start giving a mission, you're going to start praying for missions. That's going to be an outcome from it. But I think there's something that those guys, I know they have a good desire. I don't want to go around like some of these missionaries. And they go from one church to the other, and they're on deputation for three years, and they're trying to raise support. No. I want God to, you know, I've got a business, and, and God's blessed me in my business, and and I won't need that. I believe God's called me to the mission field, and I'm not going to need any extra support. Shame on you. Because I tell you what you're going to lose. You're going to lose people partnering with you. Now, I want to tell you something, Trinity Baptist. Every missionary that you support, you're partners with them. And I think the partnership thing is really cool. Now, you think about the corporate evangelism you guys do out on that hayfield. For for a few weeks out of the year, you come together as a church and you partner together to get the gospel. Some guy's going to come in and preach and get the gospel to all those young people because you guys partnered together. And that's the coolest thing in the world. Well, that's what missions is. You partner with that missionary and you give to that missionary. And, and I want to tell you, I pastored for 25 years. And, and when we started grace giving, faith promise giving, whatever you want to call that, that just really, it went in my heart. Marilee and I have been married for 42 years. Never has there been a year that we have not tithed, and never has there been a year that we did not give above our tithe to faith, to faith or to missions. That we always, we had our budget, we had our tithe, to our church, and then we always gave them. And sometimes we gave to some missionaries that weren't in our church, that, that we knew personally, that I just wanted to give to them or give to them or whatever. And I got to tell you, you, you partner with them because wherever your treasure is, there's where your heart's going to be. So Trinity Baptist, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And let me give you three reasons why. Number one, Stewardship is not a drudgery. Stewardship isn't, well, this is a command. No, stewardship is, is joyful. When you learn how to steward your finances to use for the cause of Christ and, and for the work and the ministry of God, there is so much joy with that. And that's when God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hey, there is joy in worshiping the Lord with your gift by love, by faith, God, this could be a sacrifice. But I want to give this to you. And folks, don't forget who the finances are really going to. They really are is an act of worship to God. But in doing that, you learn how to partner. It is so important that you learn how to give. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it would be very logical for you to come to a conclusion of, wow, here I go. I finally visit a church and they ask about money and the guy gets up and asks for money. You know what? That's what all these churches are about. In the bottom line, it all comes down to they're always after the money. Ma'am or sir, can I share this with you? Until you have received what Christ has given to you, there is no way that you can understand this. But I will tell you, for God so loved the world that he, Trinity Baptist, for the person that may be in here that doesn't know Christ, would you help me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave. And because of what God has given to us, he's given us a home in heaven. He's given me forgiveness of my sin. This is our response to what God has given. And I will tell you, I am not ashamed at all. I got excited, actually, to have the opportunity to be one who gets up to share with Trinity Baptist Church. Guys, we can have the blessing of giving. Hey, I look at those college kids and say, okay, you got $5 to spend on yourself. And you got $5 to spend on somebody else. And whatever you enjoy more, 
do that the rest of your life. So Trinity Baptist, I say the same to you. With what God has given to you, go ahead and spend on yourself. But give something to others. And ask yourself, what did you enjoy more? Man, I, you know what? It was nice getting that new truck. Well, you know, that, that really was cool. And I finally got some new, some new China. Man, that was really nice. But you know what? That we gave this part, I think that meant more to me that we gave that to that special missions offering, that we did that for that missions family. I enjoyed that a lot more than I've enjoyed my China. I've enjoyed that a lot more than I've enjoyed my truck. Matter of fact, my truck keeps breaking down. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. You do what you give. Give to God a sacrificial gift. And you do something for you. And ask yourself, what did you enjoy more? And whatever it is, go ahead and do that the rest of your life. But I'll tell you what the Bible says. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. So I think this is a very church thing of what's happening. So I think pastor definitely needs to close the service. But I am going to have a word of prayer. And I don't know if it's so much about coming forward as it is in your heart. Saying, dear God, I need to see the blessing of stewardship, the blessing of worship, and the blessing of partnership. And God, I want to give this year like I've never given before. I want to do this because of who you are. I want to do this because I want to partner with my missionaries. And I want to do this because I want to be a good steward. And you know, I think I can steward my life in such a way that could be such a blessing to others. I I will tell you, folks, I don't think I've ever given the same way after what Jessica taught me. If I steward, and what a joy that is. God, I did this and did this, and I I saved here a little bit here so I could give more for missions. I am telling you, you are all set to have the joy of the Lord as your strength. Father, I come to you in behalf of Trinity Baptist. I leave this afternoon, and and, um, and I'm not not one of their missionaries. I'm not going to receive anything from what I spoke on today. But Lord, I pray that they will experience that great promise, my God shall supply all of their need according to your riches and glory if they're giving to missionaries. So Lord, I pray that Trinity Baptist will learn one of the greatest principles in the Bible. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I ask, Lord, that I don't really care what the amount is, But I pray that every individual, whether it's a teenager in here or an elderly saint, I pray that they will give something like they've never given before. For your honor and your glory to worship you, to steward what they have, and Lord, to partner with others. And so, Lord, may this be the greatest year that the members of Trinity Baptist have really learned. You know what? Man, I took a step of faith and I've learned it is more blessed to give than to receive. Lord, I'm not going to give them a $5 bill for themselves or a $5 bill for somebody else. But you have given them way more than that. Lord, may they trust you in what they give to you this year. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank you, Dr. Shetler. We're going to conclude our service with singing a hymn in just a moment, and we'll stand and do that. Um, several weeks ago, you remember that we passed out to everybody who came in in their bulletin a grace giving card. And on that card, it says, In dependence on God's provision, I will endeavor to give. There's a blank space there each week to Trinity Baptist Church missions. And um, With the truths that we pondered this morning about being a steward and the joy of giving, it's Christ-like. It it, it is following Christ to give. Um, I encourage you, um, we've asked you to turn these in today. If you did not remember to bring it, they're out in the foyer. There's some extras out there. But as, as I've told you before, this is a private decision between you and the Lord. Talk to your spouse 
pray about it, and, uh, and what you give, we will pass on to missionaries, and we will take more on. We were able to take the Dempsey's on for support this month, and we were able to take uh, the Romani's on for support this month to Peru, and uh, it, it, it has been a tremendous blessing. Over the past three weeks, we were able to give over $18,000 just in gifts to missionaries. They had no idea. They came. We didn't know their needs. And because you were following the principles that were, were taught this morning, we were able to give. And wasn't it exciting to do that? I blubbered through every one of those as we did it. But uh, what a joy it is. Last year, we were able to give $150,000 over, over that to missions. Um, and my desire for us as a church is that we would follow Christ in giving. So this is a private decision. But what a, a tremendous opportunity to make an investment that will last forever. So you follow God's leading, and we'll be right where God wants us to be. Uh, Pastor Roman, come and lead us in this song. Let's all stand to our feet as he does. The cause of Christ. For this cause I live, for this cause I die, I surrender all. For the cause of Christ, all I once held dear, I will leave behind. For my joy is this, oh, the cause of... Let's sing that again. For this cause I live, for this cause I die. I surrender all for the cause of Christ. All I once held dear, I will leave behind. For my joy is this, oh, the cause of Christ. Have a wonderful day. Don't forget, no evening service, no work out at the farm this afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you back here Wednesday evening. You are dismissed.